Hello, dear listener. This is Re-Educating Dad, the cross-generational podcast co-hosted by me, the big daddy, Big Tone, along with my co-host and daughter, Little Tone. I'm podcasting from Elmley Castle in the beautiful Cotswolds, and Little Tone is with me today from her home in Hastings on the south coast of England. How are you today, Little Tone? I have a bad back. I feel like an old woman. Well, I'll see if I can find you one. But the weather's beautiful here, and I did go for a nice little walk outside. Oh, yeah. I wish I'd had a nice little walk today, but I was looking after my tiny little grandson. Well, I did. I was outside, though. What am I talking about? I was outside. I was in Gloucester, my first visit ever to the city of Gloucester, not far from here. And, uh, yeah, that was an interesting experience. Enjoyed it. Now, to more serious matters, more grave matters. We, in our last two episodes, we have been discussing the horrendous war in Ukraine. And uh, they were pretty grim episodes. And it's a pretty, obviously a pretty grim, well, it's a very grim topic. And I find the whole thing really, really worrying and rather depressing. Uh, but let's not dwell on that. Let's talk about what Little Tone thought we should talk about today. Both of us um, recently watched the new Netflix uh, movie based on a true story called Bombardment, <clears throat> which obviously you can't help but draw the parallels with the situation that the world is experiencing. Well, Ukraine in particular is experiencing at the moment constant bombardment by its neighbour, its huge neighbour in military terms, Russia. Uh, so, what we you had some thoughts about the movie itself, Little Tom, and why you thought it was a good topic for us to discuss. So, why don't we open with that? Um. Well. Um, only I guess because um, I follow. Um, I'm just trying to think what his name is, Alex Hoff Anderson or Alex Ho Anderson, who was over the boneless in um, Vikings, and he put um, something up on his Instagram story saying, uh, "This is you know uh, I've just done this film. It's a Danish film, um, and it's something I'm really proud of because it's a really painful event in history that happened to our people that's not really been shared with the world. And I'd really love it if you could." Um, if you could watch it. And so I was really excited to watch something with him in because he, he was exceptional in Vikings. He was my favorite character. Um, he plays, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rag, one of Ragnar's sons. And I he's crippled. I don't know it, so I don't... No, I'm telling the people that are listening, not you. Okay. He plays, he plays like a crippled um, character, um, but he ends up being like the most scary and ferocious character. And that's what's really exciting about him. He's brilliant. So, yeah, I was really excited to watch The Bombardment. I didn't love it from a film perspective. From a storytelling perspective, I thought it was, um, sorry, in terms of, like, sharing history with the world, I thought it was great. But I didn't really love the, the storyline. Um, 
And I guess those are the bits that are dramatized, not really the the history aspect of it. You know, I, I wasn't I found the 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 romance between the young nun and um the uh, and and his character who he plays a, a member of the Gestapo um a bit strange and didn't really go anywhere but the, anyway the story is about how um Denmark is occupied by German Ger you know by H Hitler basically by the Germans the Nazis and um how England basically are sweeping over to try and kill the enemy without trying to kill Danish people and do make mistakes. And anyway, the um, some of the uh, English, what do you call them, RAF or whatever, they, hmm. uh, they, they fly over and one of them gets the, the tail of their plane um, into the like in, into like a telephone pylon or electricity pylon and goes down and the rest of the pilots mistake it as being uh, a being taken out by the enemy and basically they target this school which has thousands of children in it and and basically it's about how all of these children get needlessly killed because of a really simple mistake that was made um and it's horrible. It's really awful. And um, the reason why I thought it was good to discuss is because it, it went up online, what, like a week ago? And um, around the same time that Russians uh, dropped, targeted a theatre that had lots of um, children um, sheltering in it. And someone had actually sort of moan into the into the grass or into the crop outside that ch that children were in the building and they still targeted it so I, it just the only difference being that the Russians clearly deliberately did it actually that's not true I don't know that to be true I'm just saying that they the Russians targeted it whereas the British in this film made a mistake um, so that's why I thought it was a good thing to talk about Yes, so the true story behind the film Bombardment, um, you got pretty close to correct. The events depicted the bombardment, which took place in 1945. Um, and uh, as you rightly said, Germany w was occupying um, Copenhagen at that time and made um, Copenhagen, Denmark's capital, its operation center. Um, and they established a Gestapo headquarters in a place called Aarhus. And uh, it, it, there, by an agreement that was reached between the Danish resistance and the British, the RAF uh, were to bomb, make a surgical attack on the Gestapo headquarters, which was an extremely risky thing to do because the headquarters were in a very populated area. Also, uh, the uh, Nazis knowing that it was, the Gestapo knowing that it was going to be likely a target for the British, they rounded up members of the resistance, as you will have seen in the movie, Mm. and use them as a human shield by placing them at the top of the building where the bombs would hit. Um, and uh, obviously that was 
uh, designed to, I suppose, in some way, disin you know demote disincentivize the more what is the word I'm trying to use actors as a t deterrent, I should say, for bomb for the bombing. Human shields, place. yeah, yeah, as human shields. But in fact, the Danish resistance said, "Look." This is a price we've all agreed, including you know anybody who might be captured. We've all agreed that this is a price that is worth paying. A bit like the Ukrainian, the very brave Ukrainian people. They know that they're going to lose a lot of people in fighting for their freedom, but nevertheless, it's a price that they are willing to pay, as many civilizations throughout history have been willing to pay. Um, but. What what the beginning of the film shows, if you remember, well, you will remember because it was very vivid, is a mistaken attack on a on a uh, what what was what the RAF thought was was supposed to be a Nazi staff vehicle. Uh, they actually ended up shooting to bits a wedding party. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, and so that was a sort of pre uh, prologue to this, the story that was to come because they made a, another mistake in this uh, in this target in this. Was that was that real though? Like I thought that that was a drama. No, I think a... I think that was a dramatization. the The actual bombardment itself was is perfectly true, and then you know about eighty five, eighty six children were killed in that Catholic school that was bombed. Um. But I think they were they were sort of building up to the idea because I mean it's just a fact of war that a lot of a lot of the wrong people get killed. You know, I mean that yeah. in any war that is going to happen. Yeah. This this was a particularly dangerous uh, attack because, as I say, it was in the middle of a city, a populated area. Um, what actually happened was that one of the fighters, uh, one of the fighter planes of the RAF crashed for whatever reason they showed it in the film as the tailplane being knocked off by hitting as you rightly said a electric pylon uh, but what for, for whatever reason the plane got damaged and crash landed near the school and the following bombers thought that that was the site so where the where the plane had crashed they thought that was the site the target, and of course, in those days, they didn't have sophisticated targeting method. They didn't have laser-guided bombs or anything very sophisticated at all. Uh, so this kind of mistake is was, these sort of mistakes were, were pretty commonplace. Really, it just happened to be terrible that, it, that what they ended up attacking was a Catholic school with horrendous consequences. Um, you know, the, there was a bit of a love story around it, sort of, sort of love story uh, that was a little bit naff. I agree, but but it, you know, I, I I could forgive that. I, I I'd thought it was a pretty well made film. Uh, it made me think of the little guy that I was named after, um, Anthony George Co, who 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 was ten years old when he died in a bombing in <coughs> London, uh, living with my paternal grandparents um so you know I, I thought of him as i saw these you know what had happened to these really unfortunate children i think it's very very different to what the russians did 
this was no mistake in the sense i'm not saying that i can say that the russians targeted this place because there were women and children in it but the the russians are targeting women and children make no mistake about that they are targeting them that this they bombed a residential area and they continually bomb residential areas and this is the way the russians conduct warfare they flatten you know they, they just th flatten residential areas as well as other areas i'm sure i'm not saying that they exclusively target uh, civilian uh, areas but they do target civilian areas and they you know this is bound to this sort of thing is bound to happen the theater in question um i forget this i actually forget the the name of the um <clears throat> the place where it uh, let me see if i can just bring that just see if i can bring that up um i don't think i can easily find that sorry folks no my computer is not cooperating but it was a theater <clears throat> theater in i forget the name of the city <clears throat> where uh, you know women and children were were trying to shelter from the relentless bombing that is taking place in in ukraine um and biden president biden rightly came out yesterday i think it was and uh condemned the attack and called vladimir putin a war criminal which he undoubtedly is uh so if that helps i don't know if that helps your you know in any way little tone but i i, I don't think you can this was not an innocent mistake um you know a, a product of a just a poorly executed attack as was the case back in 1945 I think I meant just in terms of it being such a loss of innocent children due to war. Um, obviously not. I, I wasn't saying it was similar because it was they were both mistakes. I just meant it was similar in that so many poor young children were lost due to war. Yeah, you I know? see. What, yeah, it reminds um, me a bit of that episode in The Crown where that school gets buried by the coal mine collapsing. And just oh, the Abavan, the Abavan disaster in Wales, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and just the absolute shock of all those families losing their children and just what a huge, you know, punishment it was on the whole community. Just like complete grief. Yes, well, that, that, that I, I mean, I hesitate to call it, oh, hello, doggy. Um, I hesitate to call it a natural disaster, but you know what I mean. Um, that was a load of coal piled up that slid, you know, and caused a sort of coal avalanche, which was absolutely well, devastating. It was due to neglect, though. It was due to neglect by the company. Sure, it was due to neglect. Um, but uh, this is this is this is a, a huge world power. Um, <laughs> Under a, dict under a dictatorship, Vladimir Emperor, as I call him, Emperor Putin, um, who is deliberately trying to crush a neighboring state that because it doesn't, you know, because it's scared of freedom and democracy on its doorstep. Well, it doesn't really matter why. I mean, I thought, you know, to me, it's 
mind-boggling that a, that a modern-day leader would resort to medieval tactics, bombing the bits out of women, children, grandparents, even when they, they pretend that they're giving them a, a corridor to escape. And then as they're trying to escape or lining up for bread outside a bakery, they bomb them on his orders. And if, you know, it, and it, it seems that there's very compelling evidence that the, so, the Russian soldiers themselves have been sold this lie that they are going in there to liberate an oppressed people, which couldn't be further from the truth and the soldiers are arriving and they're getting captured and when they get captured they are saying i was t you know i i could you know i i please forgive me i had no idea i thought i was coming here to liberate you i now realize that you know you don't want us here and, and that there's no uh, oppression going on you know it 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 just boggles the mind and and within this tragedy you've got this you know this tremendous heroism like the people the ordinary citizens of ukraine that are showing such huge heart and bravery and you've got this woman you must have heard about her in in russia living in that you know f that society where where people are oppressed and they're, they're lied to constantly and if they try if they have any view of their own that's contrary to the the regimes they disappear this woman you know who worked for the russian state tv mouthpiece came on and with a placard and 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 said that went behind the newsreader held up the placard saying you're being lied to yeah she was a hero uh, and Absolute she came out hero. after she came out afterwards and said you know i i I couldn't, you know, she, I mean, she clearly had a good position at the um, media, the TV outlet. And she, she came out and said, I, you know, I, I had, to, I had to speak out. I, I couldn't, you know, I'd been, I'd been party to the peddling of these lies to the pe the Russian people. You know, I mean, it's, it, 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 to my, it's just fantastic. I can't, you know, I really find it very difficult to believe that there's a man like that the head of the, the Russian Empire um, in this modern day world who has absolutely no morals, no compassion, is, is prepared to behave in this way. And it really makes me fearful because I think there's probably, I suspect, let's put it that way, I suspect there is some truth in the idea that he is unhinged because of some medical condition maybe he's had a terminal diagnosis and doesn't care but for whatever reason he doesn't seem to care his is the way he's behaving is utterly reckless reckless obviously towards the victims in ukraine but reckless towards his own people because you know they are going to suffer for probably decades ahead as a result of the financial sanctions against them um, and uh, the impoverishment of their society by uh, 
losing what little access they had to the free Western world. Um, so he doesn't care, and that worries me, because if he does have access to unleashing Armageddon on the world, which it would appear that he might well have, then I am very fearful for what might happen in the imminent future. What say you? Well, yeah, I completely agree. It's very worrying. I think that if he's got not got any, you know, if he has got a terminal illness and he hasn't really got anything to lose, I do. I definitely worry about what his what's holding him back from doing the worst thing possible. Um, I did want to send you something though that I found was funny. There was there was a Russian girl on um, TikTok or Instagram or something that basically was crying going, they've taken away McDonald's and they've taken away Doritos and Coca-Cola. What will I eat? I've got nothing to eat and my birthday, what can anyone buy me for my birthday? And I was like, you kind of need to get your priorities in order. Well. So, Sounds like she wanted her TikTok moment of fame. <laughs> so we're joined today by two additional <laughs> two additional hosts. <laughs> Little Tones, two dogs. One is red. She's holding up to the camera for those of you who are seeing the video of this. Uh, I don't think she's going to hold the other one up. Mishka's a little bit big to hold up, I think. Um, but um, yeah. Um, it is, it, you know, just, it just is horrible. So I don't really want to talk about that anymore. Uh, no, I, I want to talk about, about I want to talk about the bit of good news that's in the air, although it's not entirely divorced from the subject that we're talking about. But finally, after six years, Nazit, how do you pronounce it? Nazanin? Zagari Ratcliffe, Nazanin Zagari Ratcliffe, has arrived back on UK soil after six years of being effectively incarcerated in Iran on completely trumped up charges of being a spy, deprived of being able to hold her little child. Um, deprived of her husband, deprived of her family for all that time. For what? Because there was a, as we now can see, there was a dis, there was a, essentially a financial dispute between Britain and Iran. And lo and behold, that gets resolved now and you can't help thinking well the reason for that is because we feel that we want to make peace with iran when we're in this horrible situation and we've got energy problems and dire energy problems <clears throat> suddenly the uk says yeah okay we accept that we owe you what was it 400 million or something like that um this old debt, I think it might have been 400 million. I can't, I can't remember the exact number. It doesn't really matter. But 
you know, Nazanin's husband has been fighting for her release uh, for all that time, those six years, trying to get her release, trying to get the Foreign Office to do something, trying to get the government to do something. They kept saying, oh, no, keep it quiet, keep it out in the media, don't, you know, but he didn't listen. He kept uh, trying to keep it in the public eye, and he did keep it in the public eye. Um, and uh, it was frustrating that nothing ever seemed to get done. And, and, and now the country is in this position, finds itself in need of more friends, and we're able to solve this by paying a debt that we should have paid decades ago. Um, and that's shameful. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's just shameful. But so lovely to see her smiling face as she arrived back. Um, you know, she's been through all that, and yet she comes back with a smiling face, you know, not, not full of, doesn't appear to be full of hatred, just feel just seems to be full of gratitude as does her husband and her, obviously her tiny daughter and uh, you know it, 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 it's so good it's so good to it was so good to see that in the midst of all this grimness everywhere else but at, at the same time you know look at look at us I mean we, we, we've reached out to Iran and solved this long-standing dispute finally um, and we're even reaching out to Saudi Arabia now where they just executed 85 was it 80, 80 odd people without trial uh, and we're we're sitting and breaking bread with them but why because we need oil because we've allowed ourselves to get in a position where we are at the mercy of terrible regimes isn't that the isn't that the top and bottom of it, little tone? Or am yeah, I missing something? It's just frustrating that it's taken this long, or this for this to happen, for that to to finally be sorted. Um, I think we're probably going to have to chat about the repercussions on the UK as well at some point about what's going on. I mean, you know, there's a there's we're we're going through a terrible hike in living costs at the moment. Um, and I feel like that's it's being spun that that's to do with uh, what's going on in Ukraine, and actually it was all, that was going to happen anyway. So maybe we should chat about that soon as well. Well, I have got some news. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, that we've we've had a a regular guest on this podcast um, who has you know who's been a great member of the team of the cross cultural team. Uh, from another generation, and that's my grandson Ben. Your is that your nephew? Is that your nephew Ben? Yes. I guess it is. Yeah, your nephew Ben. I never understand these these um, familial labels. Uh, but um, I reached out to him and said, "Look, you know Ben, because Ben's now at Cardiff University." I asked him how he was getting on. He said he's loving the university. He's loving living in Cardiff. And he very much wants to come back on the podcast and chat with us about his, uh, well, with, about all manner of things. He's loving his course at the university, which I believe is politics and law. 
and I said to him, Ben, I, I would really love to hear, and I know our listeners would love to hear your generation's perspective and indeed your personal perspective on uh, the extraordinary world situation that we're in. Um, and he clearly has a view on it. We didn't discuss it. There wasn't time. But uh, he is going to come on the show. I think it's going to be early April because he needs to be in a position where he, he said university is just a situation where it's very difficult to find a place where you can actually do a podcast <laughs> with no noise around you. Sounds a bit like your house, actually. Um, and so he wants to do it when he's uh, when he's in at his home. He'll be visiting his home for Easter. So... Um, we will do that and we will find out what Ben thinks about the things we've been talking about because I've heard some things about universities. I don't know whether you've heard them as well, Little Tone, but I've heard things about universities. Having some professors who are a bit pro-Putin, which... No idea. ...is a bit disturbing. Uh, well, there are people like Jeremy Corbyn, who you like, who is quite Putin supporting in many Stop of his that. Stop that BS. Do not BS. spread propaganda. It's not BS. And what's it? it Diane Abbott also and the, the, the RMT union who also seem to be say things which are quite supportive of Putin. So... Um, It'll be interesting to see. I, I, I can't believe that Ben would be come from that place, but we'll see. Uh, and I'd love to hear what, what, you know, not only his views, but also the views of his contemporaries there. Um, because, you know, the, 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 the uni young, the uni young great minds are often quite left wing. Um, uh, and so we'll see. Let's, let's leave it at that. And uh, we'll see what, Ben has to say. Okay, so I had a bit of an attack on your uh, your camp there. So I'll leave the last word to you, Little Tone. Just thought you'd drop that hand grenade and then exit the podcast. <laughs> I know your type. Um, I don't have anything to say. Okay. War is bad. Let's find a way to be kind and peaceful. Yeah. Um, that's all I have to Shall say. Shall we invite Putin round for tea? No. <laughs> you're not invited to tea, then you're invited to stop bombing people and enjoy what you have. Yeah. Okay, well, I think we're fundamentally in agreement, so that's a good place to end. Um, always love to hear your views, dear listeners, so do uh, head over to Reeducating Dad uh, podcast Facebook page and you can... Give us your comments, uh, your arguments, um, your feedback there. Uh, you can do so publicly, um, or you can send us a private message, even using WhatsApp if you want to. So we always love to hear you. Whatever means you decide to choose, we always love to hear your views, and we try to respond to everyone. So thank you very much for joining us, and we will look forward to... Um, chatting with you again on a different topic next time we'll try and do something a bit lighter but in the meantime it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me and all my dogs <laughs> bye for now bye.